Tonight, I want to take just a moment with you. I know we had baptism. Isn't that a blessing, y'all, uh, to be able to baptize nine people tonight? That is such a blessing, guys, and I thank God for that. As a matter of fact, I just want to stop right now before I dig in tonight and say if you were baptized tonight, I want you to stand up. Just stand up all of this place if you were baptized tonight. Let's give God praise for that, guys. What a blessing that is. Amen. And I thank God for that. Man, we love y'all. We're so proud of y'all. To God be the glory. Tonight, if you will take your copy of God's Word and open it to the book of Acts tonight. We're going to be looking there in Acts chapter 13 tonight. And I believe that this passage of Scripture will be very familiar to you as we begin to read the Word of God tonight. And I want to talk to you tonight very briefly because uh, I know that I'm going to respect your time. You've got school tomorrow and jobs tomorrow and work tomorrow. And I do thank you. By the way, guys, before I dig in tonight, I, I just want to thank all of you that attend church on Sunday night. Uh, because you've got a million other options. You've got school tomorrow. You've got work tomorrow. But you make church attendance a priority. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, look around you tonight. This is Sunday night at Eden Westside's packed house. To God be the glory for that. And I want to thank you guys for being those type of people uh, that's willing to do that. I want to thank God for our student section. Man, a lot of young people here tonight. I salute you. Thank God for you. I love you. It's an honor to have you uh, here tonight as a student in the house of God. I appreciate each and every one of our teenagers and I thank God for that. But tonight, the title of the message is Prayer and Fasting in a Spiritual Church. Let's all say that title together tonight. What? Prayer and Fasting in a Spiritual Church. I believe that if you're going to put prayer and fasting in the title, that you need to incorporate a spiritual church in it. Because I'm convinced that a spiritual church prays together and they fast together. Now, now, a lot of times, back in my early years of growing up in church, uh, when you talked about fasting, and most of the time it was associated with a charismatic movement, uh, you know, that, that the Baptist denomination did not understand what that was all about. Thank God today uh, that we're getting enlightened on the, on the value of fasting and prayer because I want to share with you some very basic things tonight that I believe that you ought to learn from, and, and then next Sunday night we're going to kind of make the wide all come together, and hopefully you'll get a better understanding. But in the book of Acts, if you'll notice there in chapter 13, uh, Paul and Barnabas is ordained as missionaries. And uh, they're being ordained as missionary to the Gentile population. And notice there, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manon, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to, or by the way, as they ministered to who, church? The Lord. In other words, there was, a, there was an element, and when you look at the word there in verse number two, you begin to realize it says, as they ministered. Now, the word ministers is better appropriately translated as they worshiped the Lord. So as they worshiped the Lord, or as they ministered the Lord, and as they served the Lord, they did something in conjunction with their worship and in their service. And the Bible says, they ministered to the Lord and they fasted. And as they were fasting, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had, say it together, fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. 
Now remember that if when you look at chapter 13 and the beginning of that, they were gathered together as a church in Antioch. Now the Bible tells us that the Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. In other words, there was a, there was a manifestation of the, of the connection that they had with God to such a degree, Brother Rick, that the people of Antioch recognized that these people were different and they called them Christians. They were separated because they, they, knew they had a personal relationship with Jesus. So the Bible says they called these people that were believers Christians. Now we know and understand that the word Christian means little Christ or Christ-like. And the Bible says that they were gathered together there in Antioch and they were seeking the will and purpose of God in a certain area. And the Bible tells us there in the very verse number, verse number two that they were ministering to the Lord and they were fasting. And look at the sequence, y'all. I don't want you to miss the sequence of the word of God. They were worshiping and serving and ministering the Lord first. They were fasting in that sequence and then after in that sequence, what happens, y'all? The Holy Spirit said. We, a lot of times we want the Holy Spirit to show up and to do a work when the church is not spiritually ready for that or that we haven't done the labor of that. So the Bible says they were ministering to the Lord. They were praying and worshiping to God and they were fasting and then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost shows up. Wouldn't you like for that to happen in your church? Wouldn't, that, wouldn't you like for that to happen in, 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 our, in our personal lives? Now, we know as believers we have the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. But I'm going to tell you something. I've been a pastor for 36 years. I've been saved for a long time. I know the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. But guys, look at me and listen to me. There are certain services when God just shows up. Can I get an amen? There's just a certain moment when God shows up, and I'm going to remind you of this, when God shows up, God will show out. And when God shows up, there's going to be something that's going to happen. The Bible says that, that the Holy Ghost showed up. And when the Holy Ghost began to speak, he said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whether to have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they empowered them and they sent them away to do the work to the ministry of the Gentiles. Guess who that is, y'all? Us. In other words, they were empowered to bring this gospel message to all of us that are Gentiles. Aren't you glad of that, God? Aren't you thankful for that? Listen, all of that was empowered by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit of God. And when the Holy Spirit of God empowers you, then all of a sudden we recognize that God's work will be done. How does all that happen? Well, the best recipe that we have is the Word of God. What did they do, y'all? They prayed and fasted. They prayed and fasted. We're asking God to do some great things in our church. Can I just go on record to say this? Say yes, Brother Jackie. Eden Westside is a great church. Can I get an amen? This is a great church where God is at work and lives are being changed. But I'm going to tell you something. You better listen to what I'm telling you. We ain't seen nothing yet. God's up to something right here. Woo, Lord, I feel that. God is up to something right here. Can I say that again with, with a really exciting? Can I say it again? God is up to something right here. I'm going to say it again. God is up to something right here. If you believe that, give God praise. God is up to something right here. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be one to Christ. We're going to see great things happen, Johnny. You watch what I tell you. This, man, I'm just good. Now I better get out of here. 
What is fasting? What is that? What is that in point number one in your, Bible, in your outline? What is fasting? Now, a good definition of that, what you find in the dictionary, when you look it up, it says abstaining from food. Abstaining from eating food. You know what? I don't agree with that. So you need to put in your notes, Brother Jackie, don't agree with that definition. <clears throat> I don't agree with that at all, Brother Randy. I don't agree with that. I mean, good night. The people are going on a diet and abstaining from food. Can I get an amen? I mean, look at Marie Osmond. Good night. She, you know, it's, it's just, you know, all this stuff. People are abstaining for food for all the wrong reasons. But watch this. You know what Brother Jackie believes fasting is? Write this down. Worship. I believe that fasting is worship. I believe that when you're seeking after God, and you're coming after God with your heart and your soul and your spirit, I don't believe it's just about, my goodness, we're going to stop eating this and we're not going to go by and get these burgers and we're not going to eat pizza and we're not going to do all that. Oh my gosh, that sounds good, doesn't it? But, but, but I'm just telling you, it's not about all that. It's about worship. It's about an authentic, watch this, vertical connection with your God that says, God, I want to get you. I want to come after you. And you know what, really and truly, when you look at a fast, every time you sit down, every time you have a hunger pain, every time you think about that, that food, every time your body says, I'm craving something, this is what your spirit man should say, but I need more of Jesus. I need more of Jesus. I want to worship him. I want to connect with him. It's just not abstaining from food. So then look at point number two. Give it to him. Fasting is not starvation. We're not doing the fast to starve to death. We're not doing the... People say, well, I'm going to fast so I lose some weight. Are you kidding me? That, that's not fasting. That's a diet. That's a personal ambition goal you ought to have. Fasting is not starvation, nor is it... Selfish. It should always be what, guys? Spiritual. You know, I, I, I want to tell you this. Probably, honestly, a lot of you would not even be doing it if the pastor of the church hadn't said to you, let's do that. And that's my job. That, that's what I should do. And you know what? When the pastor of the church says, you know what? Let's do this together. I, I believe that we ought to consider that. I believe that we ought to know that God has spoken to the spiritual leader of the church to say, I'm up to something. Can I just tell you this? Fasting is not my favorite thing to do. I like to eat. I like, look at me, meat. I like that. I like that. I like, watch this, look at me. I like grease. I, I like that stuff. So if you say, Brother Jack, is it just something for you to do? Listen to me, I can assure you, no. I believe, listen to me, Max, you know this. I believe God's up to something. I believe that God is up to something. And I don't want God just to be up to something corporately. I want him to be up to something in your life, in your life, in your life, in our teenagers' lives. I want God to do something that, that will propel you to another level. So when I think about it, it's not starvation, it's not selfish, it's not just to lose weight. It should always be spiritual. 
Biblical fasting, number three, is deliberately abstaining from food for a spiritual reason, a goal, or a purpose. That is, you discipline yourself from what your body craves. It seems to me like, uh, you know, in our world today, you know, you look at it and you go, well, there's a lot of people that are fasting from social media. I'm good with that. Because you know what, if that's what your body craves and you, you find uh, that your body is craving that more than time with God, then get away from it. Just say, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, if it's TV and you got all this stuff going on, just say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Whatever it is, whether it be food or whatever, <clears throat> you want to do that for a spiritual reason, a goal, or a purpose. And here it is. You need to ask yourself, what do I feel like God wants to accomplish in my life? What a great way to start the year off. What a great way to say, I'm going to start 2018 off this way. I'm going to really get after God. I'm really going to put my own selfish stuff to the side. And I'm going to get after God. And remember what I tell you this morning. It's a spiritual discipline, and discipline is not easy. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to do that. But man, listen, there's rewards to that. So, so it's important to know that. Now, let me give you uh, some types of biblical fasting real quick. And I'm just going to kind of run through here with this so that you'll understand it's not something we conjured up, but it's biblical. There's types of biblical fasting. First of all, there's what's known as the normal fast. And that's to abstain from food, but not water during one or three days. You know, you just go, you know what? I'm going to go on a, a normal fast, which is biblical, and, and I'm just going to abstain from food for a certain type of food for uh, one to three days, and I'm just going to do water, and, and I'm just going to get closer to God. I'm going to focus myself on prayer and Bible study and uh, just meditating with the Lord. And that's, that's what most people call a normal fast. That would be normally what you would do. And then secondly, uh, it's called uh, the, not only the normal fast, but the partial fast. And that is the restriction of a diet. Now, Daniel did that. Uh, Daniel did that in Daniel 1.15. You begin, and just leave that up there because people are still writing. But, but you remember that Daniel did that. And by the way, everybody, uh, we're going to be starting uh, coming up a whole biblical teaching on the book of Daniel on Sunday night. And we're just going to kind of take a journey through Daniel on Sunday night. It's exciting to do that. Uh, in other words, if we're going to do a Daniel fast, we need to know who Daniel is, right? And so we're going to take that journey and learn about Daniel and his walk with God and, and all that stuff. But look at what Daniel 1.15 says. It says, In the end of ten days their countenance appeared fairer and fatter and the flesh than all the uh, children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. And then I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all uh, till these whole uh, weeks, three weeks were fulfilled. That's the 21-day uh, Daniel fast. It's called the partial fast, and that's what we're doing now. And so you realize then that there was a purpose for that, we'll be discussing that uh, coming up. And then there's thirdly, the, what we know is the absolute fast. And that is to abstain from food and water not to exceed three days. That is, you just cut it all off. Uh, now, Esther did that. You remember in the book of Esther, she did that. Acts, we'll look at that in just a moment. Uh, that happened. And uh, they just abstained from food and water not to exceed three days. You remember Esther was preparing herself uh, to go meet the king. 
And, and in that preparation, she abstained from food and water for three days, and that was called the absolute fast. And so, Esther, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and uh, fast you for me, and neither eat nor drink for how long, y'all? Three days, day or night, and I will also in my maidens and will likewise fast that way. In other words, it was, uh, he says, she says, if I go in uh, to the king, she was preparing herself uh, to go in to talk to the king. And uh, that was a corporate fast that was declared uh, for them to share together in preparation of God being up to something. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 9, and verse number 9, uh, and he was three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. That was Saul and the apostle Paul uh, when he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. So, so there was a time in all of this that we have to realize there's an absolute fast. And then there's what's known as the absolute supernatural fast. You know how long that was, everybody? 40 days. 40 days. Uh, who, who did that? Does anybody know who did that? Of course, Jesus did that. Uh, we know that. And then you realize that Moses did that. Uh, he did the 40-day fast, and, and, and that was in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse number 9. First Kings, you remember Elijah uh, did that, uh, getting prepared for God to use him and, and before, before the prophets of Baal. Uh, we begin to realize that whenever you're wanting God to do something in your life, whenever you want God to, to move in a special way, then, then my, my, my advice to you is get before God in prayer and fasting. And you will begin to see God work in a special way. And by the way, just write this down right there. Write these words down. I'm going to give you a couple words. I'm going to give you four words to write down. Are you ready? It won't kill you. Uh, you know, we fast for a day and we go, oh my gosh, I'm dying of starvation. I'm in a, a meal where I'm dying of starvation. No, it won't kill you. Matter of fact, never mind, I won't even go there. The fact of the matter is some of us need more of that, right? So when I look at that, I begin to realize that it's discipline, it's spiritual discipline to where we say, God, watch this. I want you more than I want what my flesh wants. I want you more than what my flesh is desiring. And guys, I think all of you would agree we're spoiled in America. We are overfed, we're spoiled in America. And the reason for that is, is we are letting our flesh dictate who we are. And what we need to do, if you're a born-again child of God, you need more of Jesus than you need more of anything else. Can I get an amen? Now, let me give you, what did Jesus say about fasting? What did Jesus, just go to the next point, what did Jesus say about fasting? It's really important to realize that Jesus himself uh, began to speak to us about fasting. And look there in just point number five, Cab. Just look there at point number five. What did Jesus say about fasting? And, and I believe if we're going to follow anybody's advice, <clears throat> and I think you would agree with me, we're going to follow the advice of Jesus. So did Jesus believe in fasting, y'all? Yes. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, it says, Moreover, when you fast, do you think that Jesus assumed that you would be doing that anyway or the, the leaders would be doing that anyway? Someone told me one time, they said, Brother Jackie, fasting is an old covenant discipline. No, it's not. Jesus is assuming that the leaders would be fasting anyway. He says, when you fast, don't be like a hypocrite. Sad countenance for they disfigure their faces. And, and the next part of that verse goes on and says, uh, they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say to you, they have their words. So this is what this means. 
If you're going on a fast and you're fasting and you walk into your workplace tomorrow or your school tomorrow and you look like you're, you're just beat down you're going, and people go, what's wrong? I'm on this fast. Aren't you proud of me? I'm so holy. You know, I just, I'm so holy. I want everybody to know I'm, I'm, I'm on this fast. Look at me. Jesus said, if you do that, you got your reward. You don't do it so everybody else can see you fasting. You, that's not why you do what you do. You don't promote your own spirituality. In other words, when you're fasting, you ought to at least present yourself that it's normal for you. And then you'll notice, and he says, when you fast, that you appear unto men to fast, but uh, unto your Father which is in secret. And, and your Father which sees in secret will reward you, what? Openly. God knows your heart. God knows why you're doing what you're doing. If you're fasting just to be doing something, you're missing the whole point. God knows your heart. God knows what you're after. And so the, 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 the fasting uh, we see then came to the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but why your disciples are not fasting when Jesus is on the earth? Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them and then they will fast. You know what that means? That means that while Jesus was here, the disciples weren't fasting. Why? Because they had him with them. But how many of y'all know he's not, he, he has, he's died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again, and now he's ascended into heaven, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and I'm telling you he's there right now. So what should we do? Fast. We ought to pursue a connection with God right now. We ought to say, God, you know what? I'm, I, I feel like fasting is spiritual. And it's a good thing. And then I want you to notice the question of the day. Uh, this is a profound thought to me. The question of the day uh, concerning this fasting subject. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 14, here's, here's something. Then came him, the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? And you know the answer to that. But notice the, the religious leader, the hypocrite. You notice he says, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And you remember that Jesus said, you know what, you got your reward. So the question of the day is, should you fast and why should you fast? What is the purpose of that? And when I look there together, the answer is given by Jesus himself. And, and I said that to you earlier. Jesus gives the answer. Why is the disciples not fasting? Because Jesus is with them. But in Matthew 9, 15, we find the scripture that says, in that scripture, if you'll turn there, in Matthew 9, 15, Kevin, in Matthew 9, 15, it says, Then came Jesus unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn? as long as the bridegroom is with them, but the days will come when the bridegroom will not be with them and be taken away, and then they shall fast. So why did the disciples not fast? Because Jesus was with them. Should they be fasting now? Yes. Should we be fasting now? Yes. So we realize that the question is asked and the answer is given by Christ, but let's look at the obedience by the apostles. The obedience by the apostles is given to us and that's so important, y'all. Because if they were obedient, we should be obedient. And the apostles were obedient in Acts 13, verse 2. 
and they ministered to the Lord, say it with me, and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whitherto I've called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Did, was the apostles obedient in fasting and prayer? Should we be? Okay, so when I look at that together, <clears throat> I want to get down to the last thing that is important. The purpose of this fast that the apostles was on was to gain revelation and wisdom concerning God's will. Now, I'm going to let you just marinate there for a minute. The purpose of the fast that the apostles was on was to gain revelation and what? Wisdom concerning God's will. I'm going to pop that back up there, but if you'll notice in chapter 13, verse 2, they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work, whether to I've called them. Are you listening to me? How many of you in this building tonight would say to me tonight, Brother Jack, I'd like to have a deeper revelation of the purpose and plan of God for my life. Anybody would say that? Is there anybody in this building that would say, Brother Jackie, I sure would like God to give me more wisdom in my life. Then if the apostles fasted and prayed for God to give them revelation and wisdom concerning who they should put their hands on and who they should send out, if you've got an issue in your life, if there's something going on with you, that you go, God, I really need, a, I need for you to speak to me. I need spiritual revelation. And God, I need wisdom. Wouldn't it be appropriate for you to say, I'm going to join with the biblical example of fasting and pray to seek after my Heavenly Father for revelation and wisdom concerning the issues I've got in my life. And so when I look at that, I begin to realize as the musicians come, when we look at prayer and fasting, and we're going to learn a lot about this coming up, we're going to dig deep into this thing. I want you to bow your heads for a moment, and then we'll come back up and look at the bottom line. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As Cassandra begins to play on the keyboard just for a moment, if you're here tonight and you're seeking for God to give you revelation and God to deepen your wisdom so that you will know, God, what is your purpose and plan for my life? I wonder if that's you. And you're saying, God, you know, this world seems to crowd in on my life. And God, I want to, I want to, I want to have this time with you. My body screams for stuff. My craving is there. But God, I need you more than I need that. I want, I want you, Lord, to give me revelation and wisdom. I wonder if you would just, if that's you, would you come and kneel your, your knees at the altar and say, God, I need 
you to help me. Maybe you would say, God, I need for you to help me in this fast. I need for you to help me in this time of seeking after you. Why don't you just get up, don't worry about the bottom line, and just come. And just get before God tonight. And say, God, I desire that. I desire that. I really desire that in my life. And for those of you that are waiting for the bottom line, it says the most important question. The most important question. And don't rush away from the altar tonight. But the most important question that was asked by Zechariah was this. Why are you fasting? Why are you doing this in Zechariah? Are you doing it unto me? Is that why you're doing it? Or are you doing it unto yourself? You see, our plan and our purpose is to pursue God, to come after God with everything we've got. And maybe you haven't even joined the Daniel fast. I asked you, starting tomorrow morning, whatever's got your cravings, just say no to it. Say, God, this day that I start this day with, when there is something that's going to draw me to it, God, I desire to be drawn to you instead. And let's just sing that song as people are there.